spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. We have a very special guest today on our show. Her name is Amanda Music. Amanda, I'm excited to have you. We've had a little bit of um, calendar problems between the two of us, but um, we finally managed to connect today, and so I'm glad that it finally worked out for us to be able to talk. So Amanda, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, whatever you're comfortable sharing, your family, um, you know, and then tell us how did you get involved in ra racing and being a pit reporter and loving what you do, which I can tell that you do. Yes, ma'am, and I'll start. I, if I'll go ahead and put out a PSA, I would recommend for people never to move the first week of January. Um, that's just not a good idea on anyone's plan, even though you know you're, it's a new year, new decade, new changes. Don't move. Just, just wait, give yourself another week to, to ease into the first of the year. But yes, thank you for uh, weathering through me with those uh, schedule changes. And uh, oh man, I am, uh, my background is, um, it, I always like to tell people um, uh, I am in a, in a wonderful position of being able to uh, look at the younger generation coming up behind me and being able to, to talk with them directly and, and help them kind of maybe avoid some of the mistakes I did. But um, uh, there's no path. Uh, and that's what I like to try to, to tell everyone. You think that, uh, um, you know, you look at other professions where you go to college or then you can go to law school and then you're attorney. Um, there's no way to duplicate, uh, what we do in any environment other than in the environment. Um, and, you know, I can't go to a gym and practice my free throws. Um, now you can, um, be ready. Uh, I, I always like the quote, chance favors the prepared mind so when when an opportunity presents itself uh you know that's your chance to be ready and and to say yes to whatever is is presented before you but um background on me i i was born um in greensboro north carolina uh my family uh, my mom was uh, an army brat so she was all over the world and her father ended up retiring uh, down in uh, the eastern part of north carolina and, and they ended up in greensboro uh, my dad was uh, a big-time country boy, planes, trains, Harleys, uh, Corvettes, like just a, a larger-than-life personality. He was a farmer and uh, ended up getting the, the city girl to come live with him out, out in the country. But uh, um, there's a, a big theme in, in, in my life. My uh, father uh, passed away when, when I was three. Um, so a lot of, I think a lot of things that, uh, that I do and chase are, are trying to kind of live through his eyes that I never got to see. So I want a Corvette. I want to get my pilot's license. I want, you know, it's different things like that, that, uh, um, the stories that I hear about my dad and just what a character and man he was, uh, um, undoubtedly pushes me to, to understand that that life is precious and life is temporary and I try not to take any of it for granted really. 
Um, but uh, how I got into racing, I think that was the second question. Um, it was not, it was kind of haphazard as well. I uh, was uh, started uh, when I graduated college. Um, it was the fall of 2008 and it was right in the recession. Um, at the time, uh, you take whatever job is, is handed to you. And uh, my uh, NC State had set me up with an alumni uh, working in commercial real estate. Uh, about 10 months into that, um, I realized that I was not a desk person. Um, and after I developed, you know, stomach issues, different, I just, for some reason, I, I don't know if it's the, the uh, internal um, curiosity in me or just the inability to sit still. Um, I just, uh, it, it, it really made me sick. So I ended up um, co-starting a web TV company with a friend in Raleigh just so we could go to events and uh, started bartending on the side to, to make ends meet and uh, ended up getting the rights to do the Jimmy V Golf Classic in Raleigh. Um, I turned that into a reel, uh, drove up to New York City, um, found an internship with a sports agent and then worked at a restaurant at night to afford living there. <laughs> I was in New York for uh, two and a half years and then took a job in uh, Chicago as a production assistant. And that was in the college sports space. And then um, it was about four years after that where I found out about this NHRA opportunity when it switched from ESPN to the Fox Sports platform. And uh, I dove straight in. Um, and it is a, a true testament to that space. Um, the drivers, uh, the league, everyone involved in that series of just how welcoming and open arms uh, they were in, in being supportive in my transition. And, um, it, uh, I am, I am extremely lucky to literally get to do, uh, what I love. And, um, I, I, I say this often, but, uh, there's nothing like a 11 AM on Sunday in drag racing. You have no idea what's going to happen to you for the next five hours. And that chaos is something you can't sell. No, absolutely not. And people that have never been to a drag race or really any kind of. Totally. Absolutely. Spot on. Yeah. So Amanda, let's talk a little bit about what you do for Fox. Then you are, um, at least on the picture, it says you're a pit reporter, but I'm sure you do a lot more than that. So let's, let's say today is race day. Take me through your day. What are you going to be doing today? So if, it, if it's race day, um, I'm going to, we have production meetings that kick off at 7.30 in the morning. Um, so I'll, um, I'm, it's, it's funny, I can't really uh, eat before races, <laughs> uh, but I will uh, load up on coffee. So uh, I'll probably uh, uh, get out of bed, get ready. Um, I do like to look at the ladders um, and drag racing. We're kind of a, it's a bracket every Sunday. So the top 16 qualified cars uh, race each other in, in a duel. So it's one versus 16, two versus 15, three versus 14 on down. And uh, you have four rounds of racing that end up with someone leaving with a Wally. Uh, so I like to check out the ladders before I get into the production meeting. Uh, just in case something interesting sticks out or uh, there's a certain pair that I know I'm going to want to have an interview in um, just to kind of be a, abreast of what's, of what's heading my way um, that morning. Uh, the production meeting is, is kind of just that. We go over everything that uh, we think is going to be um, something of, of importance of the day, whether it's 
a matchup between a rookie and a veteran or whether it's two veterans hammered out or whether it's something in points contention or there's always always so many storylines that are happening behind the scenes and and that's kind of the the cool part it's our job to um you know this hanging over you when's when you're gonna get the monkey off your back that you know that that whole song and dance and he did he did (laughs) um but it's uh it it was a recurring theme um John Force being a a big legend and a big star of ours but also uh, what an incredible milestone um but so yeah we'll break into the pits uh do the stories that will exist at the top of the show and and we try to run those themes throughout the entire broadcast as, as long as people are still racing and they exist. Um, and then uh, at 11 a.m., probably around 1045, I head up to uh, the top end, um, the safety safari. Everyone's lining up, getting ready for the invocation and the, the national anthem. And as soon as the national anthem's over, they fire the cars. And I'm up there at the top end with my monitor and looking around. Up there, there's always team representatives uh guys from from Goodyear will be there and you know it's a big family so we always um dab each other and and get ready for race day and that that's how the morning starts yeah and the thing about what you do is it's the same people so you do develop a family don't you um the people that you see every week that you're reporting on um something happens to one of them you sometimes take that a little personally if you've made friends with them And um, even though I'm sure you try to remain very neutral about what you're saying or doing, because you are a reporter, you can't help but make some very good friendships, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. And it's, uh, and that's what I'll reiterate that with drag racing. Um, You know, since year one, I started in 2016 and, you know, I wasn't at the full capacity that I, that I am now in my role, but even then everyone you know, they genuinely wanted to know who you are, what you are, where you come from, what are you into, what, you know, what's your background, and, you know, it, it's kind of, um, I, I liken it to, um, not to, to, to say anything bad about college, college sports, but there's so much um, policy and red tape that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You have to set up interviews through, uh, the sports information director, or um, in, in in our case, and I, you know, we kind of take it for granted, but this is just how the drivers are. You know, I rarely do they have a heads up when 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 we need something, or you know, if it's if it's a bigger shoot, sure, we're gonna go through their PR reps and stuff, but they have it's it's almost exactly what the fans see. I mean, we have every pit pass, every ticket to an NHRA race is your pit pass, and they have direct access to the drivers. It's the same for us. You know, I get to go straight up to the ropes and, and talk with these. You undoubtedly, individuals risk their life um, to compete in a sport that they love. Um, I'm in my position at the top end. Uh, sometimes you're the first person they see after going 330 miles an hour down a track. So there's this unique kind of um, vulnerability and space that you get to share with someone. Um, in the highs and the lows, right? Right. Um, you know, there's, I, people have different, rea- re- people have different reactions and, you know, sometimes times people get um, kind of dogged for their emotions or their reactions, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't know how would, how would you handle going 330 miles an hour down a track 
just from the sheer adrenaline to the to the g forces to like, how how do you react how how what is the mental reaction of that i don't know i've never done it but there are people that are willing to do it for our entertainment and um to be able to share in that with them yeah <clears throat> so for you know for people to sit in the stands and and to be entertained which is why we go sometimes we don't understand the risks that those people on the track are taking in any kind of racing um we do take it for granted a little bit i think and even as you go to amateur events um you know those people are, have just as much of a chance of not walking away or being injured it's a very very dangerous sport that we do sometimes forget and i have to step back sometimes and think what these people are putting on the line because they love it they love going fast they love entertaining the crowd but um you have to admire them that they're able to go out there week after week to compete and you know at 330 miles an hour i can't even imagine being able to walk when i got out of the car much less do an interview with a reporter about yeah, how really. else, you know so um yeah. you have to admire those people <laughs> for sure um so tell me what's what's been um what's been the best part of the job that you have now what do you enjoy the most Oh, I think for me, it's definitely um, just the experiences. Um, it, the neat part, you know, when, you, when you're watching a broadcast, a lot of times uh, you'll see our play-by-play, -play Brian Loans. You'll see Tony Pedregon, the color analyst. You'll see Bruno Massel, uh, one of our pit reporters, Jamie Howe. You'll see myself. What you don't see are the 60 people that are working uh, – in conjunction with each other in delivering every second of television that a viewer sees. And I take a lot of pride in, in knowing that uh, it is my responsibility to deliver what they, they're all working really hard on. Um, and it's a, it's a unique family that, that we've been able to build when you think of being on the road um, so many days a year, you spend more time with these people sometimes than your own family. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, to be able to share in those moments and, and you create traditions, right? Like in right. Bristol, Tennessee, there's this breakfast restaurant that we go to. It's called Betty's Stockyard. It's cash only. It's literally right next to a live stockyard. And we anticipate going there every year now. They have the best pancakes, Betty's in the kitchen cooking and um the whole bar or the whole bar the whole breakfast restaurant is wood paneling with just like artifacts from you know they've been up there for their entire like 40 years in that restaurant so you know just little things like that that you look forward to and traditions that you kind of build um but it's been uh just a a dream experience to um to be part of this uh, now going into to my fifth season. Um, it's, uh, it's just, it, you just look forward to um, even, I guess the best way to say it is, you know, even the, even the lows are still, are still okay, right? Like you, every, every job has a high and a low. Well, right. you'll take those lows for, to be able to experience what we get to do with, with such an amazing crew. Yeah the behind the scenes people, they don't get near enough credit. I, I know it's, 
it's true of any sport really you know um, you take football you see all the the guys out on the field and the ones that you know the quarterback and the ones that get all the press but what about all those guys on the sidelines that practice all the time and and everything and and so it's true in every sport the people behind the scenes don't get near the credit they should but i appreciate that you um know what they do to help you make your job easier obviously um i i just can't even imagine the travel and like you said they become your family don't they because um you travel with them you eat with them you experience the good and the bad and and it truly is a family so tell me a little bit about you know uh, we're going to be gearing up now for racing to start again so what does your schedule look Mm -hmm. like when you are a reporter you know do you get any time off are you do you work you know year round or how does that work when you're a reporter yeah, well, um, I should have, uh, our last race was in November and um, I, uh, mid-November, and yes, I should have uh, given myself a little time off, but I am, uh, I can't sit still. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm not the person that can, uh, uh, now, don't get me wrong, I'll go on a Netflix binge, or right now I'm obsessed with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but to, to get me to sit in front of in in front of a television inside um i i i just i struggle with it um i have a i i feel like i always uh need to need to be doing something um so i uh i still on the side i still work in production um and actually i i do some stuff for friends um around the country um for uh, mainly through espn i'll do different contracts but uh, i was able to head down to charleston for a basketball tournament, college basketball tournament. I went out to Vegas uh, for some football. I was in Columbus, Ohio, watching LeBron James' son play with LeBron in attendance. Um, so I, you know, I, I like to, to keep my, my feet wet in, in other areas of the business. Uh, I'm actually currently uh, in Scottsdale. Uh, I am uh, jumping on uh, the Barrett-Jackson uh, broadcast this week with Motor Trend and Discovery. Um, so it's, it's neat. It's, uh, uh, being a, a reporter, a lot of your work is, is freelance. Um, so you get to try, uh, new opportunities and different things. And, um, you get to kind of see other sides of the, the business that, uh, like this is my first time at a, a Barrett Jackson. And I spent yesterday, trying to walk around the whole massive compound just so I have a, a little bit of an idea of, of of the lay of the land when we when we kick off today on Motor Trend but uh, it's uh, it, it's it's unique I mean it, it's not without um, I mean for the last two weeks I've been um, you know in the books uh, reading everything that I can uh, just to to be prepared you never know what is going to come you know in front of you and and maybe something that I remember uh, in my studies, uh, will pop in my mind and I can use that, uh, as a, as a fact or something unique to deliver to a viewer. Right. So that's the thing I think people don't think about either is that you don't just show up at an event and have a microphone in your hand and away you go. There's a lot of behind the scenes for you as well. You have to, like you said, you have to study up about Barrett Jackson. You have to study up about maybe a new person that's racing this year. It, you don't just show up, be on the 
on the television screen and then you're done. You know, there's a lot more to it, I'm sure, than what people understand. It's interesting that you're in Scottsdale. Um, I have two daughters that live in Arizona, one in Glendale, one yeah. in Denver. And Aww. I'm actually going to be headed that way on Sunday. So um, maybe, we're, maybe our paths will cross while I'm out there. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. It's nice out here. It's, uh, it's, uh, um, I, truly, I can't even begin to, um, describe how massive the Barrett Jackson Scottsdale compound is. It's, I think it's, they better be glad that I don't have any extra money laying around or I'd be driving something back from Phoenix to North Carolina. (laughs) I know. And we, my husband and I watch that from time to time. And some of the cars that, that roll through there are just, they're just amazing and then the things that you think are going to go high don't always go high and the things that you think are not go high and it's really interesting to try to we both try to guess how much it's going to go for and then see who's right about it so I'm going to have to definitely um, put that on my bucket list of things that I want to attend just for the experience so tell me about um, NHRA now how yeah, how it's Super Saturday coming up. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. So NHRA, how soon is that going to start? And um, your travel? Do you fly most of the time? I'm guessing you do. And what are the things that when you get to the racetrack? You know, I know you prepare and everything, but have there been any experiences that you could share that? were either things you'll never forget, maybe good or bad, um, something that you just didn't ever expect to be a witness to, something like that. Yeah, well, um, so we'll kick off uh, the weekend um, right after Super Bowl. Uh, so we're coming up pretty pretty hot. Um, uh, and we kick off always in Pomona with the Winter Nationals. Um, yeah, there are things that, uh, you know, that, that we are witness to that um, it, it's interesting. The first thing that, uh, that came to my mind, especially when you think of beginning of season um, back in 2018, Brittany force had just won the championship in 2017. This is our first race back. And um, during Sunday eliminations in round one, uh, she had a really nasty accident. Mm-hmm. Um, she went into the wall um, with such force, uh, the car tore apart. Um, and, uh, you know, she was, uh, taken out, um, very conscious and in an ambulance. Uh, but it's just things that we, I had gotten really, um, I don't say lucky is the right word, but 2017 and 16, there really wasn't anything, anything major, uh, that happened on track. Um, and then 2018, it just became, uh, you know, Pomona kicked off with Brittany's crash, and um, John had an explosion. Uh, John Force had another explosion in, in Phoenix. Um, the DSR cars were blowing bodies off. Um, there was just, uh, it just kept being like something every race that was, um, you know, something big to cover. And typically, where I'm positioned, if something's happening on track, I'm normally the first reporter on site to the accident. Um, and uh, last year we actually had um, a lot of accidents in, in one of our um, 
uh, series pro mod. Um, it's not one of our professional series, but it's a uh, exhibition series that, that races alongside of us about 12 races a year. Um, it's uh, the thing that is, you, we get on site and, and, you know, we see that the, the driver's okay, the safety safari's tending to them. A lot of times what uh, the human side of it is we see when the families arrive, not knowing, you know, they've just left the starting line in sheer panic heading up to where the crash is or to what's, what's happening on track, having no clue uh, if their loved one is okay or not by the time they get to us. So there's always this, this wave of the driver, you know, driver's okay. And, you know, we get peace in that. And then the, the next wave is the family showing up in sheer panic, not knowing if, if, if loved one is okay. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, th those are things that, uh, you know, you have to take a moment and, and remember that um, just exactly what these guys are giving for our entertainment um, and for their pleasure. Um, you know, the, if you, I, I do not, uh, the idea that, that someone is a top fuel driver, a funny car driver, a top, fuel Harley or any kind of, of race car driver, um, you know, they have something inside of them that the courage and just the idea that um, I, I'm going to liken it to, I, I watched the Hurley documentary recently and, and one of the, um, someone goes through this, what it is to, to be a racer. And it's, it's almost like, you know, let's say someone passes away at the track on Sunday. Uh, on Sunday, as a racer, you're never racing again. On Monday, you're uh, figuring out how to get to the racetrack to race in someone's honor. So it's this weird, um, these guys and girls, they just think differently, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if it's a, hey, I can, I can be the one that escapes death or it's not going to happen to me. But it's this, it's this love of the sport and the achievement that is just so far beyond what I think exists naturally. Yes, I, I totally understand that because I cannot imagine. Now, I have my motorcycle license. I got my motorcycle license at the age of 50. My second husband was a biker. and That's uh, awesome. Yeah, exactly. And my husband kept always told me the fun is not on the back because I would ride on the back of his bike, you know, and he'd always say the fun is not on the back. Well, I decided one day on my lunch hour, I was going to go take the written test and see if I could even pass the test. I passed the written test and they gave me my little permit that I could ride a motorcycle if I rode with someone older. And long story, we, we did and I, I got my license and I had a motorcycle for quite a while till I had back surgery. But the thought of riding a motorcycle in the hundred mile per hour up range down a drag strip <laughs> would scare the heck out of me. And I've made friends with several ladies that do um, do race motorcycles, Jeanette Thornley, Andy Rawlings, Kelly Klontz. I've become yeah. friends with all oh, three gals. Yeah. And I'm, ju I'm just amazed and in awe of what they do because there's, you know, it's bad enough on the road 
riding a motorcycle with all the crazies talking on their phones, you know, but putting yourself out there willingly to go that oh, sure. Path, um, I just really admire those women and all, you know, everyone that runs, but especially on those motorcycles, because I know what it takes to ride a motorcycle a little bit. And, you know, they just, they're amazing to me. But I also love that they have such a passion for it and they don't seem the least bit scared or, you know, at least when you talk to them, they just love going fast. They love being on a motorcycle. They love representing women at the track. And um, I, I'm just totally. thrilled that they become my friends and I can say that they're my friends. Oh, they're almost pushing 200 miles an hour uh, mm. on a machine yeah. that you're not, you're, and, and, uh, I mean, you know, it's obvious to us, but there's no seatbelt. No. You know, if something happens, like, you know, tuck and roll. And it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I think it, it's interesting you say that because while I probably would get in a dragster, I would never get on a pro stock motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, my, we have a, we have a really nice drag strip not far from our house. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and in Martin, Michigan, there's US 131 Motorsports Park, and it's a beautiful facility. Um, they have some really big events during the year, and uh, my husband and I went up, for me, I went up to meet some of the gals that were there racing, and we sat in the stands, and they had a two-seater and I don't know how they chose who got to ride in the second seat. But when it when they were talking about it before it happened, I said to my husband, oh, I think, I think that'd be fun. I'd like to do that. And, you know, I'm kind of a speed demon junkie too, although I'm too old to be doing it now. And, and he said, you know, yeah, well, I, you know, you should do that someday or whatever he said to me. Well, then they pull up to the starting line and the engine's going and, and the vibration's you know, the whole grandstand, they take off and, and my seat, my aluminum bleacher seat literally shook and the inside. And I said, well, maybe not, maybe I don't. Really <laughs> <want to> do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll watch instead. So yeah. So right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I like, I like my vantage point. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You have really probably the, one of the best vantage points for sure. So let's talk just a little bit before we finish up. Cause I know you've got a lot going on. What are you looking forward to the most this year? You've, you've got some experience now. Um, you know, you, you obviously interview the drivers. Is there anything special or something about the season this year that you're really looking forward to? I think that's the, the, the best part about drag racing is even if you think you know, you have no idea. Uh, we had a big surgence from the rookies this year uh, in Austin Proc, Jordan Vandergrip, Justin Ashley, uh, that were giving the veterans a run for their money. Uh, I mean, they were the, the reaction times that were coming out of these guys um, and, and, and consistently. It wasn't like they were just getting lucky. Um, these guys are coming in with 40, 50, 60 lights uh, that, that are definitely getting someone like an Antron Brown, Steve Torrance, Doug Coletta. It's getting all of those guys their attention for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so to see how they keep continuing to grow in the sport and, and, and see what that's going to look like them for, 
for this year. Uh, but you, that's the thing. You, you just never know. The, everything, you know, when it comes to the engineering and the technology and the sport, people don't realize what an art it is. Uh, you have these crew chiefs that are producing over 10,000 horsepower that has to, to be absorbed and in, into a, a fancy, I still don't even understand all the things that it can do clutch system so that you don't have instant tire spin. And you see, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's fun watching the cars and the drivers, but if you're ever at an NHRA event, watch the crew chief, even up until before the car does the burnout, even after the car does the burnout, they are constantly making changes to these cars up until the second they run. And got, you know, gosh forbid, uh, a cloud comes over the track and that the, the, that the temperature on the track could fall even half a degree, you know, they're going to make adjustments right then. And, you know, you think of all the variables that go into creating a successful pass and successful run. Um, it's, 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 it's truly remarkable to watch. Um, but, you know, for me, I think this year it, it's, it is, um, so it'll be, be my fifth season with the property. And, um, you know, I always look for ways that, you know, where, where can I, where can I improve? Where can, where can I get better? And in year one, I really focused on really truly learning, you know, all the main players, the teams, um, the support to the teams. Uh, year two, I really focused on uh, the, the engineering and the technology side of it. Um, and, you know, the last couple seasons, it, it's been adding on that knowledge with the history of the sport and, and understanding, you know, what drag racing was in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and being able to fill in the stories of that, uh, of those. So, you know, I think for me, I always try to challenge myself to, to be creative. And, you know, if I ever show up at work and I'm hot and you're just, you know, sticking to the same performance or dance, you know, then I'm not even in being fair to myself. So trying to, to find ways to, um, maybe approach things differently or, or look at something that, that someone might not be thinking about or seeing. Um, I like to, to challenge myself in a way to, to, I, you talk about being with the relationships to the drivers. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, at this point, and while you do have, you're friendly with everyone and everyone, uh, I think anyone would, would, drop anything for anyone out there truly that's just the community of people that it is out there but my integrity is to the viewer uh you know i i work based on you know if i'm sitting at home watching this broadcast what would i want to know right what a, what question would i want to ask a driver and that's and that's who i answer to um and and you kind of have to be a little fearless in that kind of aspect um because you're going to you know, I do, I, I know I upset people. Um, but I hope that, 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 that also gives me respect, uh, to the drivers in the sense that, you know, I have to ask those questions. I can't let you, I can't let you pass, um, whether we're friends or not. So it's not, there's no, um, bias. There's no singling out. It's, it's a universal, um, respect that I have for our fans. Right. And, and I would think that, you know, as a reporter, you're probably, as you said, you're, you're thinking about if I was sitting at home, what would I want to see or know 
or hear about. And, and the more unique things that you can bring to the people at home, even if it's in between races or before the race or after the race or during some downtime or whatever it might be, the more unique stories you can bring, you know, that's what I love about lots of sports, you know, especially during, oh, before the big games, whether it be football, basketball, or whatever. I love those human interest stories about, you know, the kid that wanted to race and how he got there or the basketball player that got cut from the high school team. And now here he is a, an NBA player. I love those backstories. And those are the things that I think um, the people sitting at home feel like once they hear that story, they're more connected to that, to that driver. Maybe, it, maybe that driver has the same kind of story that I have. And, and so I love that those kinds of things, you know, you have an opportunity maybe to do some of that. That's a unique interview as opposed to always the, end of the run how do you feel you know that's the typical thing and i think what you bring is um a little bit more outside the box and i enjoy that about watching you thank you thank you i uh i to me it's it's the storytelling i i like the human interest side of um you know and it's i think it's a great balance um my counterparts uh Jamie and Bruno uh they're in terms of like the engineering and tech side um, you know, they have that down to a science and, you know, it's a unique space up that, up at that top end where we can kind of dive into more of the emotional and human side of, of what, of what happens in racing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole ecosystem where we get to kind of work together and, and kind of balance out, uh, the information that's being delivered. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, you're welcome. That's the, um, I, I, how I found you, Amanda, I'm going to just tell, tell it to the world is I saw you on TV and I said to my husband, now I think I need to find that gal. I need to see if I can talk to her. Um, and so that's how, that's how I found who you were. And I know now more about you. I've researched a little before we did this podcast and I feel like now when I watch NHRA, you know, I not only have some friends now that I've made that are racing there but now i've also going to add you to my friend list as well and it just makes you feel more connected whether you're at home watching or whether you're at the racetrack and to me that's the fun part of what i do i make a lot of friends along the way and that's the part that i enjoy about what i'm doing is telling women that hey you can be a reporter at nhra Hey, you could be the driver. You could be the, the engineer behind the scenes. You know, there's so many opportunities in racing, in the racing field for women to be involved. And I always encourage, especially younger girls who want to be the top driver, I always encourage them that there are lots of opportunities. If you love racing in any way, there's so many opportunities. You just have to get yourself out there, get as much education as you can, and then put yourself in a place where you can, you can take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. You couldn't say, yeah, I, I, I'm completely in agreement with you. I always, uh, um, whatever it, to me, it was always, you just say, yes, you know, I started in the business as, as a runner, 
you know, I was the person walking in the, the television truck and emptying out the trash cans and getting the producers and directors waters or coffees or Cokes. And um, I think there's a, you know, there's a different perspective uh, that, that comes from that. Um, we, uh, every kind of network or, or series, um, they refer to um, reporters um, as the talent. And I hate that word. I'm a teammate. I'm not the talent. And, um, you know, the second I forget where I came from, uh, well, first of all, I know my mom's going to get my butt, but <laughs> um, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, I truly, I'm, I am as strong as our weakest link. And, um, and that's, that's the way that the television game is. Um, everyone has to be performing you know, in the same kind of rhythm for the whole train to work. And with that comes the, comes a, a team, team mentality and, and, and team um, kind of mission. So um, we all kind of fill different roles to make it happen. But yeah, I, I uh, you're right. No matter what, what part of racing you want to exist in, whatever is presented to you, just say yes. And you're going to, you're going to learn something. You're going to take some knowledge. You're going to take some sort of experience. that's only going to help you. And, and even better, the people that you're going to be around and the connections that you can make that, that could set you up for your dream job. You know, that's, that timing is everything. That's a lot of it. And um, people want to know that they can trust you and rely on you and, and believe in you. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun to hear you say that. Yeah, it's it's so true. You know, you have to you have to put your foot in to a job where maybe you don't get paid or you get paid very little because nobody starts at the top. Usually nobody starts at the top and and think of all the things that you learn as you go. So that's really the way of the world. You start at the bottom, you learn your way. And eventually when you're at the top, you can reach down and help those that are starting and and, and that's just the way really that it should be. We, we have to earn our, earn our way up and then help others to get there as well. So Amanda, I'm going to let you go here in a minute. I but think I'm the crazy gonna... part is, I, I'll just. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add one thing to that. Cause I think back of uh, when I, when I first started and was living in New York city and I'm, uh, you know, an unpaid intern and I'm, working at a restaurant at night, I was so impatient. And don't, I do think that that impatience helped propel me. But if I could do anything and go back and talk to my younger self, because I was that person, you know, I worked a second and third job to work my first job. Um, and you're tired and it's long hours. And, you know, I, I slept on an air mattress for the first four months when I moved to Chicago. And you think, oh, life is you know, never going to get, you know, everything's a struggle, struggle, struggle. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I had a mentor even then tell me, remember the hungry years. You're going to, you're going to wish you could go back to those years. And I, you know, I, w I truly do wish I could go back and tell myself that, you know, these are going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a struggle. You're going to cry yourself to sleep at night. Uh, but you're going to experience things that, uh, that will forever carry you through your career. And, um, so anyone that that's going through that struggle and just feels like it's just 
you know, there's, there's no end in sight. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it truly is. Um, it, now it's a commitment. Like you have to truly want it. Uh, cause it is, it is the, uh, you're missing holidays. You're missing birthdays, weekends. Um, you're not seeing your friends get married. Uh, you're not, you know, I, I, there's, there's so many moments that, that I unfortunately had to miss out on. Um, and, uh, you, but that's the commitment you make to, uh, to wanting this, um, as a potential part of your professional career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no perfect job. Um, really, although I don't know, I think what I'm, what I'm doing, I finally, I finally found my perfect job, but I, there's really no perfect job. There's always the ups and the downs, but as long as you are, going to work with a smile on your face and you are anxious and excited for what's going to come, you know, that day, then I think, you know, you found your passion and that's probably more important than anything. So Amanda, as we wrap up the interview, I just want to give you a chance to um, anything I haven't asked you about or anything else you'd like to share with our listeners. Um, I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead. Oh gosh. Um, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, I've been so fortunate with having just incredible people around me uh, that I get to bounce ideas off of and, and really kind of hold me accountable. And, you know, it, I always liken, um, you know, it truly does take a village. Um, and I, I think that you can be the village for someone else, too. And um, Melinda, truly, thank you for um, inviting me on. Um, I love what what you're doing um, to bring awareness to women in motorsports and in racing. And um, maybe you don't have someone out there that gets to come across this. So, um, you know, as women, just just be present and support each other. And uh, there's there's space for all of us. Uh, we're not in competition with each other, uh, and just uh, continue to, um, you know, spread that spread that joy and and support and love and to other people's passions and dreams. I totally agree, Amanda. So so much I've enjoyed talking with you today, and I know I'm going to cross paths with you. At some point this summer, we're hoping to do an event for women at Route 66 in Joliet this summer. And so um, at some point, I, I know our paths are going to cross and I look forward to meeting you in person. That's always a fun thing to do after I've talked to someone. So I just want to say thank you so much for giving me your time today to be on the podcast. And um, I really look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.